I have a follow up uh, to my last little um, podcast or call in. And that is, um, I was talking about why Bitcoin, you know, even though you may mandate legal tender laws, why Bitcoin um, as a medium of exchange, as a general general medium of exchange, why it, why, why it can never dominate the market, why it will never work. Um, and the, you know, the question might be, well, what about the dollar? You know, that's, that's, that doesn't have any, that's not tied to anything in real life either. Right. We took it off the gold standard. Uh, we, we, we unchained it from the gold standard in what 71. Uh, and, and ever since then it's just been free floating. So in a way you might argue, well, it's exactly like Bitcoin. Uh, but, but why is the dollar more stable it, relative to Bitcoin, right? I, I realize that there's high inflation. Uh, I, I'm not somebody that um, <laughs> that ignores that. In fact, I believe inflation, the definition of inflation that most Bitcoiners probably agree with is, is the expansion of the money supply. It really has nothing to do with prices. It's the expansion of the money supply. So the dollar has lost a lot of purchasing power over time. But on a day-to-day basis, right, it's relatively stable, meaning um, it, it's stable against, uh, most of the things that we, we need to buy. Um, now, you know, these, this last year we've seen incredible inflation rate, like incredible loss in purchasing power, but in general, over a longer time horizon, um, the dollar is relatively stable. Um, and even day to day it's stable, but Bitcoin, Bitcoin, no one really can predict the price of Bitcoin and where it's going to be. And the idea is, is why? Why can the dollar uh, be be so um, be stable? You know, is it because the Fed is doing, you know, monetary uh, QE and, and tightening? And yeah, there is a little bit of that. You know, Bitcoin's monetary policy is sort of set in stone. And I say set in stone um, uh, with without the the confidence that the Bitcoiners have, because I realize that this is just code and it. It, this code is governed by consensus of people and it's kind of like a democracy. I know a lot of Bitcoiners don't like democracy and I realize that not everybody has a vote in Bitcoin, but it is kind of governed by the general consensus, which means sort of, you know, at least the majority of people, the idea is that the majority of people get to decide what they want for Bitcoin. At least that's the theory. Uh, you know, in practice, maybe it's a different matter, but um, the point is, is that it, the, the code I think can be changed because humans wrote the code. Now it doesn't mean it will be. And the Bitcoiners are right that the, the hard cap of 21 million, there's a, every incentive for the, for the current users to not increase that rate. Uh, but, but why, why, why is this thing like Bitcoin that's not tied to anything in the real world? It's just created out of thin air. And I say it's artificially tied to energy expense, but this, this, um, this energy is expended. Um, but that doesn't really mean that doesn't really give value to the price of Bitcoin. Um, that the price is, is, is pretty, is somewhat independent of, of the mind of the energy used to consume it. Now I'm not saying there's no tie at all, but, but to think that the energy spent then correlates to price is, is just not true. Um, but, but why, why, you know, we, we know the dollar is not backed up by anything a real, 
we know Bitcoin's not backed up by anything real either. And to the Bitcoiners, this is an advantage, right? This is an advantage. There's no trust. There's no custodian. Although I would say there is counterparty risk because, again, it's a service, but it's a shitty service in that you're not being guaranteed anything in Bitcoin. You're not guaranteed you'll be able to transact. You're not be able. You're not guaranteed that you'll that anyone will accept your Bitcoin in the future. There's a lot of risks involved. Uh, so there is counterparty risk there, in my opinion. Um, but but again, you know, for the Bitcoiners, it's not being backed by anything. Uh, this is actually considered an advantage, and and I, I maybe they would argue, I don't know, maybe they would even argue that that. So they don't like the fact that the dollar was um, that the gold was gold standard was sort of removed, right? That the dollar was once backed by gold, but by their logic today, would they make that argument, or would they say, would they actually say, you know, the unbacking of of the dollar, the removal of gold, backing the dollar was actually an advantage because now there's no custodian, we don't have to worry. So I actually could see that. I can see them making that argument, like, oh, we should re- we should have removed gold, you know. But what does that do? It it it, it unleashes this, this, this volatile asset that just, it's not tied to anything. Um, but, but how is the dollar different and how are stable coins different? Well, stable coins are tied to the dollar. Now, I don't think stable coins will ever become legal tender because, because again, if the stable coin is residing on a, on a public blockchain, a decentralized blockchain, like an Ethereum or something like that, you cannot guarantee services. Again, you cannot guarantee the order of your transaction. Uh, you, you could be front run. You're, you're not even guaranteeing that your transaction will be, be um, included in a block. How can any, how can that be considered legal tender? So the stable coin, um, while uh, the people that want to use crypto, um, they're going to flock to something like a stable coin. The stable coin itself isn't superior, in my opinion, to just the regular dollar. Uh, for for other reasons, um, but again, why is the dollar why is the dollar this thing that's unbacked and free floating? Why is it still superior to Bitcoin? Well, it's because um, I read this article by Frank Shostak about how the dollar, you know, kind of gets its purchasing power, and the idea was that it remembers the people, you know, accepted the dollar when it was backed by gold. And then when it was, the gold was removed, uh, yeah, there was a huge haircut in the purchasing power of the dollar, but because people once accepted it before, they accepted it now, they accept it today. And I thought that was a very interesting argument and I, I kind of buy it. I buy into it. Um, and, uh, I don't know if it's exactly true, but it kind of makes sense. It makes sense to me. You know, I think that that, you know, tether and all these stable coins sort of have a huge advantage because they're tying themselves to the dollar and people already accept it. And they sort of accept um, that, that a dollar is a dollar and it's going to have this, this certain purchasing power. And if you can slip something in that sort of substitutes for a dollar, like a stable coin, uh, you have an enormous advantage. And so I think that this, this, this stable coin, because it's tied to a dollar in theory, it, it has enormous advantage. Number one, people, you know, um, there's this, there's the first idea that, that you can rem- maintain the peg, but that's actually separate to the idea that, that you're backing it by a dollar, uh, that you're backing it by something that, that has known purchasing power. And even though the dollar has 
lost its purchasing power over the years and, and gold has been removed, why do people still accept it today? Because they, they, because they're used to it. They've accepted it in the past when it was actually tied to something real. And I think that, um, I think that the Bitcoiners, they have an enormous disadvantage in that respect because Bitcoin didn't come from the dollar. Uh, stable coins sort of evolved from the dollar in a way. I mean, they're trying to, you know, use the dollar. Like the, the real thing is backing your, your stable coin with physical dollars. Uh, um, uh, harder to imagine for people is probably the al- algorithmic ones where they're trying to just do funny tricks to, to maintain the peg, basically a price fix. Um, although I really think that the price fixing idea with stable coins is, is very interesting. I'd love to see a stable coin be invented that just legally dictates price fixing. <laughs> I wonder if that would actually work. I mean, it couldn't be an open blockchain. It'd have to be something, well, well obviously all the smart contracts are controlled by a single uh, central entity. They just ride on a decentralized rail. Uh, so they get the, all the advantages of um, regulatory arbitrage, but they could still highly control the, the protocol.